You are listening to the Your Story, Your Voice podcast. The point of this podcast is to help people take ownership of their own personal story, their struggles with mental health, the lessons that they've learned, so we can use all this to better shape the future. If you would like to watch these episodes live on stream, you can find them at twitch.tv slash Nathan Hunzi. Today, I am joined uh, by my good friend, Moon Boots. That's the uh, his online username, which I thought was hilarious the first time that I saw it. Moon Boots, the first question, so the audience can get to know you a little bit better, is if you didn't have to worry about money, if money was no concern, what would be your dream job? You know, I, I put a lot of thought into this, and I, I have to finally say that it would be somewhere in the long lines of doing content creation. Whether that be a full time in streaming, YouTube, or even like I've been trying to dabble in voice acting. Right, right. Um, would you prefer if you had to pick live streaming or YouTube videos? Probably live streaming because I very, very much enjoy like the talking to chat and the interactions and the making the memories, you know, playing video games with people and the fact that people want to like, take clips of your stuff because they just found it either inspirational or really cool like people it is the satisfaction you get from entertaining people is just out of this world i i understand and i i would i and i suck at youtube if i'm being honest with you it's my energy isn't the same when i'm making youtube videos as i am live interacting with people it's just you know it's just it's just not no one's no eyes are on me no one's talking with me i just i kind of uh I don't have the same hype if I'm trying mm-hmm. to make a YouTube video. So then the, I'm too I'm too lazy to edit. <laughs> golly, but I, I have always wanted to do moto vlogging, which I'm gonna try to pick up this summer. You're doing that on Instagram, right? Uh, well, I do post um some some biker stuff that we do, but really I can only do that in season. I, yeah, you know, minus twenty degrees. And a motorcycle is probably not the best idea. Yeah, three feet of snow and 20 below. Yeah, you can't nah. really do much. Nah, I wouldn't say so. You could not pay me enough, by the way, to get me on a motorcycle. No, <laughs> I would I, I would never. I, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. And that's understandable. It's a scary thing. So let me ask, um, what would you say, this might be a little bit redundant, your top three like hobbies and, and interests are? Well, two of them are kind of got mentioned. I mean... I, I love riding my motorcycle. I love going to motorcycle events. Um, I just love the motorcycle community. It, it, they're really good people. And and to kind of give you an example, I've had multiple times where I I was just pulled over on the side of the road, just for no, even just to take pictures. Every motorcycle that came by would stop and ask if we're okay. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just taking photos. We're good. <laughs> You know, it's just the community is just really great. I mean, yeah, you're going to hit some toxic people who are purists and say, oh, get a man's bike. You need to ride this kind of bike. Nah, whatever. But every community is going to have that. When I think of uh, bikers, I think of like gruff and tough tattoo biker gangs. Is that accurate at all? Um, Pretty accurate, but they don't like to be called gangs. They like to be called motorcycle clubs. Motorcycle so that's clubs. that's where the that's where the acronym or the uh the symbol mc comes from is motorcycle club okay that sounds way more wholesome than gang i will say it's well 
if you think about it, like the top one percent, and and by one percent gangs or clubs, technically are gangs because a one percenter it means you do illegal activities. So like I'm sure you've heard of the big one, um, the Hell's Angels. Yeah, they are one percent clubs. And they are dangerous people. They're the rough and tough, tatted ones. They, they, you do not want to mess with any one percenters. I don't want to mess with literally anybody if I don't have to. <laughs> that would be preferred for me. So obviously, uh, Moon Boots. You know the podcast is called Your Story, Your Voice. This is a you know mental health focused podcast where you know it gives people the opportunity to look back at their life, their their past moments, their present you know situation. And look at it from a different lens of, okay, what have I, what have I learned up to this moment? What are some experiences that I have gone through that have helped shape the person that I am? And, uh, you know, how can I take these experiences to make a better future? Uh, on episode one, you know, I, I took the listeners back to the, you know, my childhood whenever I was you know about 10 years old is when I think my story started, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, um, where do you think is is the relevant place to begin your story with us tonight? Uh, you know, I took I put a lot of thought into this as well, and I really I should start from the moment I was born because both sides of my family have some severe mental issues. My mom's side, I have two uncles who have multiple times tried to commit suicide due to uh, severe depression, and one of them can't even can't even hold a job. He's so bad. He has to basically live with live with people in my family because he can't even control his own life half the time. What is, and, what does that look like for, for him? What, what are some of his actions that he does where he, he loses control or how does depression manifest in, in his life? Just, you know, I, it, it was very similar to what you said in, you know, with, with your father in the fact that he couldn't get out of bed, you know, to go to work my uncle's very much the same. Like he just gets so depressed where he can't, he can't even clean himself. Like he, he can't even take a shower or make food for himself. Like, he just can't function at all. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to say that is the worst um, level of anyone in the family who has it is, is him. Okay. Yeah. And um. then, and then my, his brother, my other uncle you know, he suffered with it for a long time and he's tried to commit suicide a few times. Has, I'm just going to ask, I've had, uh, multiple people in, in my, in my personal life, some, some cousins and, and great, great grandfather commit suicide. Has anyone ever been successful with it in, in your family? No, luckily, luckily, no, no one has ever been successful. Okay. But they, they have been close. Yeah. Um, Okay, so taking us back, you know, you said the start of when you were born, uh, talking about your uncles. Let me ask, what about your, your mom and dad? Okay, so my dad, to my knowledge, you know, I've never known him to have any mental issues. I mean, you, you would think he would growing up the way he did with his parents being major alcoholics. Um, but my, uh, my mom actually is, is going to be kind of the focus on how I – uh, what's the word, you know, figured out about mental illnesses and stuff because she is bipolar and okay. she was diagnosed with bipolar before I was even born. So I had to grow up my entire life, not knowing even what mental illness was or how it affects people and why my life was different from other people's. 
Okay. Um, and you're with your mom's bipolar. I mean, I know like the clinical side of bipolar, I, I, you know, I could diagnose somebody with it. What, what actions happened with her that got her that diagnosis in the first place? Um, you know, that that's actually something I'm not too sure about, but I can tell you some of the behavioral things. Sure. Um, I mean, like, I remember most of my childhood being the being you had to really, really walk on eggshells around her mm-hmm. because just the slightest thing could set her off into just something that wasn't her. And and basically what what bipolar does, if anyone is really unfamiliar with it, is it, it changes your brain so drastically to where you completely become a different person. And it can be a flip of a switch. Just all of a sudden, just say say you forgot to pick up something in your room. Your room's a little messy. They'll just absolutely flip, and it, it, it just becomes like hell on earth. Um, with with bipolar, you know, it's 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 two things. It's like you know, manic episodes and depressive episodes. Uh, manic meaning really high energy talkative you know think you can conquer the world super super active you know do you ever remember any of those moments with your mom i do actually she did a lot of these like uh pyramid scheme um business type things um let's see if i can think remember any um like the mary Kay makeup she did she did one for like some kind of candles i can't remember the business name she did one for like this Amazon herb company and like all those ones were like, you try to sell these products and work your way up to whatever. Yeah. 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 You know, you know that, and she had high energy for that kind of stuff. Was she ever successful? Yeah. Not, not really. I mean, in, in one of them, she got to meet someone really famous, which is really cool, but hey, I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> um, so in, in one of, in one of them, like this, this really famous lady who I cannot remember her name, like you would know her. She was the blonde girl from Greece that that dated john travolta in the movie olivia newton john yes my mom got to meet her like two or three on two or three occasions yeah there you go um okay interesting do you have uh you have any siblings i do i have one younger brother and one older half brother from my dad's first marriage who i don't really get to know too well uh is there a big age gap between y'all uh my younger brother's two years younger than me okay Hmm. I uh, I can't really remember how old my my older half brother is. I mean, I I never see the guy. We never got close. So. Okay. Okay. Um. Now, would would with your younger sibling? I'm the youngest of uh, in my family. Um. And so I I I have my own stories and and stuff. How is there stuff that you know you remember and and have experienced and and how different do you think it would be from your your younger sibling? What how different would your experience versus his be with your mom? You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually thinking about that today. Like I know my experiences might not be like as bad as some other people's. Like I can definitely say for sure that my brother had the short end of the stick when it comes to us growing up because he was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. Mm. And for any, anyone else who doesn't know what that is, is it affects your muscles and like the severe end of it would be, you can't even walk for yourself. You have to, you're, you're spending your life in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. His, his isn't so bad. He, he can still do stuff, but he fatigues very quick. Sure. 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 Uh, and, I hate that form. 
Yeah, and and I definitely know that that affected him a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, and on top of dealing with, you know, our our, our family situation and at living at home. So with his, you know, physical disability with, with your mom being the way that she was, was she, I guess for lack of a better word, do you think she was a good mom to you guys? I think she did the best that she could in her mindset. So I know she made a lot of mistakes and I know that she can't control, you know, but you can't control bipolar. It's a mental thing. You, you just, mm-hmm. I mean, you can take medication, but the medication, the medication can only do so much. And uh, one thing that I've ta- that's taken me a long, long time, and I still have a little difficulty with it, is having some kind of relationship with my mother because of not knowing how to deal with someone with this mental illness and growing up the way I did. It just made things a lot harder to have a close relationship. Sure. I I would certainly understand that. That you know, goes kind of hand in hand with how me and my me and my dad got along um so you started your story with with birth talking about you know your mom was diagnosed with this even before you were born let's let's jump ahead a little bit to say like elementary school moon boots what was life like back then um pretty good we lived in a really small town and i lived within i don't know five blocks of my elementary school Oh, wow. So I, I could go to school by myself and come home by myself, but we weren't really there long enough to, for me to be that age to where that they could trust me to be by myself. Sure. Even though I felt like I probably would have been fine, but you, you, um, you probably would have, you probably would have honestly. So, yeah. So, I mean, I had, my mom was a bus driver, so I had to jump on the bus and stay with her. So she finished her routes. And sure. Then come home. Sure. But Anyway, um, I mean, life back then was wasn't too bad. I, I mean, I was pretty young. I do remember certain instances of things just being off. I guess. Hmm. I mean, it, I mean, being that young is really hard to remember details. But like, I do remember some times where my dad said that he actually had to leave the house a few times, and he felt bad for leaving me and my brother alone with her when she was freaking out. And sure, I uh, would imagine he felt. Not very comfortable with that situation. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, that brings up an, an interesting question to me anyways is, you know, with, with your dad, having that, I don't know, feeling guilty about having to do that. What was the relationship like between mom and dad? Well, how would I describe this? I know that they loved each other. I know okay. they did. Sure. My dad... I swear to God is the most patient person on this planet for still being married to my mom. Okay. And that might make more sense the more we talk here and the more we kind of delve into things, but he never really gave up on her because he knows what she was like before, you know, and she was diagnosed with all this and it really hit. So he, he hangs on to, you know, what she is down deep down. And I think that's one thing I kind of gleaned from my dad is you, you can't really take, someone for what they are on the outside you know you, you got to get to know the person sure i mean you know a, a thing that uh we say a lot in you know the mental health community people who are you know open about it is you'll hear you know my depression doesn't define me you know my anxiety isn't isn't what defines me so uh that's exactly right you know your mom's bipolar is something that that she struggles pretty heavily with but 
Have you ever talked to your dad about, you know, how your mom was, you know, before they were married or while they were dating or, you know, anything like that? I, yeah, I actually have. And I actually, um, some of my aunts her, or her sisters would tell me about how fun she was and just the, the drastic change that happened once she, once this fully hit her, like hmm. she used to be a fun, carefree person when she was younger. Interesting. When, when they were dating and, and newlyweds. Was there, was there any sort of like traumatic event for your mom or was this just a slow gradual onset i think it was just a gradual thing to be honest with you. i haven't really asked if there was any one defining moment mm -hmm. but I, I think it was just kind of a slow progression into things mm. just being not right okay wow that's you know holding on to those memories you know your your dad and, and your grandparents about your mom knowing how she was uh I, I would imagine there's like a sense of like kind of like hopelessness that, you know, is, is there a way to get back to how, you know, we all used to be, I would imagine that that would, you know, weigh pretty heavily on their mind, you know, watching her change from, you know, how she used to be. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she does, she does still have good days where she's a really fun person mm -hmm. and, and it kind of feels like I'm living back in those days and I get to see my mom for, for, for those moments. But um, I mean, now, now she's on medication that just kind of make her dull, you know, but sure. it's kind of what we have to do to make sure that nothing drastic happens anymore. And, and she's, she's come to terms with it finally, you know, that she has to take this medication so that things don't get out of hand again. Right. Uh, because things, things can get really, really out of hand. Right. You, you used the word finally, which made my ears perk up. What happened before she like accepted this is what she has to do. Oh man, that and that's kind of the whole life story, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I mean, within the past year is when she finally really started sticking to, to medication that's working, and she she really took a, a sit down and realized that she needs to make a life change. What led her to do that after all this time? What what why now? Well, the last thing that happened, and I wasn't living at home for this at the time. I was I was married and moved out. Mm -hmm. Um, this happened maybe two, two, two years ago, I want to say. Okay. My brother was still living at home and my mom had one of her really bad moments and my brother called me. I, I just got home from work. I'll never forget this. I come, I came home from work one day and I get a call from my brother and he said, I need help. My mom's freak, mom's freaking out. She's got a gun. Um, and that scared me a lot Sure. because I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I didn't have I didn't have a way to get over there at the time. We only had one vehicle. My wife was gone. Luckily, we had some friends staying with us. And I called up my friend. I'm like, hey, I, I got to get to my parents right now. There's an emergency. Mm -hmm. And luckily, he was pulling in within a minute or two. And then he he took me over there. We were rushing. I was freaking out. By the time I got there, um, my, my brother had called me and said that he got out of the house. And then he, he got down the street and kind of hid in a subdivision and as we were coming up i saw police cars in in the driveway um i don't, I don't remember if my dad was home yet or not your brother I mean, called I, the police i i don't fully remember uh i i had so much going through my mind some of these little details are kind of like yeah absolutely missing um i i, I want to say that my dad was home like he just got home maybe maybe just before the police showed up 
but we okay. we just drove past the house we weren't gonna we weren't gonna screw with it we just went and go picked up my brother but yeah that that moment right there i think was the final the absolute worst moment that mm-hmm. she's ever had was was scaring my brother walking around the house with a gun and you said that was two years ago yeah okay and uh wow that's the I mean, just anyone kind of holding a gun to me is terrifying, let alone someone who is, you know, God bless her heart, just unstable as a person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you mentioned earlier, anything could set them off. Like you you, you don't know how they're going to react to a certain st- stimulus situation. So um, what ended up what ended up happening? I mean, there's no I don't think she would have gotten arrested for anything or what happened after that. Uh, she did have to be arrested. I think, I think she she did spend one night in jail for that. Okay. But but um, they did when she was in court and all that. They did the 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 judge said that she has to get medically or you know evaluated by a doctor. Sure. And they they were willing to like because since she had a history of doing stuff like this and police being called to her house multiple times for incidences they knew that there was already a history of her mental illness. So they just, they were actually willing to work with and get her that help. You know, as long as she did it, they were gonna, you know, not make her go to jail for any extended sure. period of right. time. That's, and that's, that's the, the, the tricky part is that, that, you know, qualification of if she is going to do it and stick with it, you know, you, you hope that she does, but, it sounds like her track record hasn't been the best with actually following through on like treatment plans. Yeah. Because what, what the medication does is once you feel good, you're like, Oh, I don't need to take this anymore. I Golly. I know. Absolutely. Right. There is the mistake that you make is as soon as you stop this right here, what just happened is the result of Mm -hmm. not taking the medication. Right. And this is such a, a, a big thing, you know, with the mental health stigma, which is why I think it's so important that we work hard to, reduce it as much as we can because nobody really wants to be on medication and sadly there's still so much that we don't know and understand about you know antipsychotics antidepressants anxiety meds there's still so much we have to learn about how they work the uh, efficacy you know if they work or not like nobody really is excited to be put on medication. And so you're, you're right. Whenever we do have that, you know, light at the end of the tunnel feeling where we are feeling better, we're, you know, we think we have our life back on track and then we get off our meds and we realize that we don't. I mean, to me, uh, in my own personal life, that just causes me to get like very angry at myself to be like, I I'm, I'm now quote, you know, dependent on these meds in order to have a good life. Uh, and so the, the mental health stigma behind that really is, is damaging where we don't want to feel judged for being on meds. We don't, you know, we don't want to tell our friends or people we're close to that we're on meds and you know, all that needs to go away so that, okay, you pop a pill once or twice a day in the morning and at night, that takes three seconds to do that, right? Like what's uh, the, the whole stigma around that, you know, is, it can be very damaging to people. Right. And even my, I myself for a short time was taking antidepressants and, and it is kind of an embarrassing feeling, but at the same time, 
you got to try something. You got to do something for yourself and make yourself feel better. Absolutely. And thank you for, uh, for sharing that. Um, one of the things that I'm interested in is if we, you know, put your, put your mom kind of aside for now and focus mm -hmm. on your relationship, you and your brother's relationship with, with your dad, you said he deserves a medal, you know, for still being married you uh -huh. know, to your mom. Was he, you know, were y'all close? I know you weren't close to your older, your oldest half brother, but what about you and your dad's relationship? I'd say we have a pretty good relationship. Um, we did have a lot of things in common. Um, I, and I think that, you know, he really wanted to be a great father, mm -hmm. but he spent so much time having to, you know, make sure my mom was okay that we kind of got the short end of the stick when it came to being really, really close with my dad. And I love my dad to death. He's a great guy. But due to the fact of how we grew up, there was a lot of things that I got to, that I um, missed out on or didn't get to learn from a father figure. Sure. Um, well, what would you say the main one being that you would have loved to get from him? It's just how to be an adult, really. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I just struggled with, you know, how to grow up. I mean, even still now, sometimes I, you know, still have, I still get irresponsible with things and want to have fun over doing my responsibilities. It's a struggle. It's, uh, you know, and I, and I would bet, you know, you said your dad wants to be a good dad and wants to, I would, I would imagine, I don't know if you've ever talked to, you know, this about him, but, in, but I'm sure there's a part of him in that knows that and, and kind of feels guilty about having to spend so much time with controlling mom that uh maybe there's a part of him that knew y'all weren't getting the attention that you needed he sounds based on what you've told me already i mean yeah he does sound like a, a good caring person he's willing to stay married work on his relationship through all this um i would imagine that upsets him quite a bit as well yeah and and anytime that i did come up to him and, and you know really say hey dad I, I need to talk i mean he was always ready to talk to me mm -hmm. and he, he was always a very good voice of reason okay good good so you know now that you're older out of the house you know married not having to be you know around mom so much who sounds like she's you know doing better i'll, I'll ask about that in a second um do you and your father you know hang out a lot do y'all live close to them uh, I live about 20 minutes away and you know okay. before COVID hit we, we would see each other often enough I mean not like we wouldn't talk every day like, sure people pe most people in my family don't really talk that much right I don't even but talk we, to my we, wife we... every day so you know I understand. <laughs> I'm just kidding honey if you're listening I love you so much <laughs> um oh, you made me lose my train of thought <laughs> sorry yeah that's all right um yeah Actually, I'm seeing him this weekend, you know, for a dinner. Uh, we, we haven't really been able to see each other much because of COVID. And my dad is 66 years old. I don't want to get him sick if I pass on. Anything, sure, absolutely. You know? That's very responsible of you. Yeah. Um, going back to your mom who has, you know, how long would you say she's been sticking to meds, treatment plan, uh, sticking with all this stuff? I'd say maybe a couple months after that incident happened, she started sticking with it and started realizing that eventually people are gonna, you know, if this, if this kind of behavior keeps up, we just can't handle it anymore. Sure. Okay. Like I, so have it's, a, it's... I have a whole life ahead of me and I can't, excuse me. I just, I, I just can't, you know? No, no. And, uh, to, to, to probably finish out that, 
that thought for you. It's not, this is something that hits close to home for me. It's not, you know, the kid's responsibility to really, to really be there for the parent. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's mm -hmm. hopefully it's supposed to be the, the other way around. And so you, uh, to me, that just sounds like wanting to be, you know, independent and, and have a full life yourself. Right. Now, an, a thing that, uh, you know, when you get married, you know, as your, as your wife would know, you don't just marry that individual person. You, you marry mm -hmm. the whole family. Uh, yep. and so, you know, my wife and I, we have, uh, we get along well with our in-laws for the majority of the time. Uh, but with, with this situation now, um, you and your wife, you're now your own unit, right? You're a team, you're, you're a couple, a duo. How does she handle your family? I think it was a little awkward at first because of having to deal with my mom. Like there, when I was growing up, there was a lot of people that just did not want to deal with being around my mom Yeah, because, right, yeah. because of the whole fact of, you know, having to walk on eggshells and something will set her off and things just get awkward. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want friends around when something like this happens. And I, you know, I, I might not even have a friend anymore if that happened. Yeah. It's, it's a, I understand. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. But, but she, she went into this full well knowing that, you know, she's here for me she's not here for my mom or anything she's not here to get be friends with her really i mean it's gonna happen if you marry me but uh so i think that was that was really brave of her to to come up we we lived a little over an hour away from each other when we were dating so we only got to see each other on the weekends mm -hmm. um yeah that was really really brave of her to spend so much time at my house you know were there any were there any like you know any rough negative moments that uh y'all had to deal with as a couple with your with your mom i don't remember there being one with us together okay to be honest with you i know that she had to help talk me down through a lot of moments when they happened when she was away okay i don't think any maybe maybe i could see things happening and me my brother and my wife would jump in the car and head out. Usually, you know, at that point, we could tell something was about to happen and we'd just leave. Right. Right. That's good awareness, I would say. Uh, that's probably the, the, the best thing to do. Do you and your, you know, does your wife and your mom, have they ever hung out one-on-one? -on -one? A few times. Um, my my, my uh, wife is a massage therapist. And I'm pretty sure she's, you know, done a few massages for my mom okay how does she so, handle that is she comfortable is she you know confident yeah. it's gonna go well yeah my my wife's pretty confident about it i mean she's had to deal with some hard stuff in her family too so it's not like a lot of things are super new to her with dealing with people mm -hmm. she also used to work in retail so i think she can handle some unruly people yeah if you can work retail on like christmas holiday and new year's yeah you, you have a pretty thick skin right there oh for sure I worked at Target for it was the worst. It was the absolute worst. We'll never work retail ever again. So uh, I do not. I do not envy you people that have had retail jobs. I luckily have never had one. And I just wanted you know to get some money, and then I I would be like, you know what? I'd rather live in a box than work at mm -hmm. retail. So no, terrible experience. Um, now your your younger brother. I kind of I'm interested in in his story, or at least you know what you know about his story growing up muscular dystrophy having a, a physical ailment on top of your mom's mental you know ailment uh 
how would you know how how do you think he would describe his childhood if if I was talking with him? I'd probably just say it was hell. Huh. Uh-huh. I I know that my mom would kind of target him the most. Really? And oh yeah. Why do you oh, think yeah, that? He did, he, because he was weak. Uh-huh. He, he he couldn't stand up for himself too much. Mhm. And me being the the teenager I was that just didn't want to deal with things would just leave and just kind of leave him to the wolves, I guess. Right. I, for a long time, me and my brother weren't that close. Your younger brother? You you and your younger brother weren't that close? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. It, now, right now, we're like, I love him to death. He's like my best friend. We're super close now. Mm-hmm. But growing up, we were at odds a lot because of living in such a volatile family, you know? Sure. All we knew was just yelling at each other and, and fighting. What, uh, when did that change? You know, I was, I was trying to think of exactly when that changed. And I just, I can't really think of any one moment of a defining time that made us um, put our differences aside and come together as a team to get through life. Sure. But eventually it did happen. I think, I think at, at some point that we both just got fed up with just so much fighting that we teamed together and just tried to make each other feel better and just get through life. Sure. That's, 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 that's actually really, really beautiful. Um, do y'all talk much about, you know, your, your childhood, how it was growing up? Do y'all talk about that a lot? We used to talk about it quite often. I mean, we don't, we try not to talk about it too much because if we do, we, we both actually get the same physical reaction where we will just start uncontrollably shaking. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's rough, man. Um jeez, I I hate that. I know I you know, I wish for you guys and y'all do too that uh with with your dad, you know, spending so much time with your mom and with your mom being how she was that having that brotherly bond, but you know, both y'all know that that would have been helpful, but I completely understand how in that situation it's so easy to feel uh, alone where you don't feel cared about you don't feel like your needs are being met you know and so you it's it's like a fend for yourself type of situation instead of how we you know want it to go where okay mom and dad are busy you know they have a lot of their own stuff going on you know let me get close with my brother as a support system as as a friend on paper you know that sounds great and easy to do but when the stress of it all is happening golly that is that's that's incredibly rough to form a bond like that in the in the midst of chaos it sounds like mm -hmm. yeah and and one other thing i wanted to kind of touch on too was i didn't have a whole lot of friends growing up either because of this mm -hmm. not not a lot like i said not a lot of people wanted to deal with being around my mom so he, we had to be each other's support group and that's how we just got close yeah I, I mean, I did have a couple friends that were really close that did actually, did, you know, put up with my mom just to be my friend. And, they, you know, they, they probably saved my life quite a few times just by being a friend. That's a that's a true friend right there willing to. I mean, you can be friendly with people. You can be nice with people, but a friend who's willing to stay with you, full knowing your situation. Uh, that's a that's a true friend right there, man. Mm -hmm. that's a that's a really really good thing are you still close with any of your old friends not as much as we used to be 
I mean, you know, when you grow up and get married, your, your lives kind of separate yeah. a little bit. Sure. I mean, it's not like there's any like ill will between me and my old nope. friends. Of course. At all, not at all. It's just we you just grow apart. You have different experiences and different life paths. Yep. We'll always be friends. Always. Yep. Like, if if I go and hang out with him right now, we'll pick up right where we left off. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um now looking part of this show, you know, we look back at, at, at past moments, uh lessons that you've learned from them. You, you know, you look at your, your present situation. Uh how long have you and your, your wife been married? Uh, this September will make four years. September will be four years. That's awesome. Uh, now, I'll just I'll just say it. You know, it doesn't sound like you got a very good impression of how a healthy marriage should work. Um, not re- not really. Has that has that been an, an, any sort of issue with you and your current you know your marriage? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, being a newlywed and coming from a family like like that I came from you really got to find your own stride and you really got to be willing to open up to someone you know going through a lot of the things I did when I was a kid I became a shut-in I bottled Mm -hmm. up my emotions I didn't talk to anyone and I would just act out you you can't do that when you're married you you cannot do that with uh, your spouse Mm -hmm. or or even just in any relationship if you're dating you communication is key number one absolutely you and it's the hardest thing to open up to someone and, and just say what's on your mind, say that you're feeling down and where you, you think you're lacking because you want to be the perfect person. You want to be a great husband to your wife or, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be that best person you can be for your, for your um, significant other. Right. And, and it's, it's really, really hard to be vulnerable, but it needs to happen. It does. The, the thing about, you know, vulnerability is, you know, we look at it, and, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's your own wife. It's, it's my wife, the person that I'm quote, you know, closest to, why can't I easily, why can't I easily open up to the person that I'm supposedly, you know, the closest to, uh, that can cause a, you know, a lot of like shame in a relationship. Like I can't even, I can't even talk to my own wife, you know, about any of this stuff. And then you, it just causes like a big drift apart. You know, people say, we feel like we've grown apart from each other. Having that that communication, stepping into vulnerability is never easy. It's never easy. Not even if it's your your wife, your brother, your you know whoever you're closest with. It's vulnerable, and vulnerability is always hard. Mm-hmm. And it's still a work in progress. It's not like we're perfect either. Mm-hmm. And but that is that is the one thing that I one one big thing that I've really learned to do is I really got to open up. I can't be bottling in my emotions because. If I keep doing that, I'm going to bring myself down and I'm going to bring our marriage down and it's just not going to be good all around. I'll end up like, I'll probably end up worse than my parents, you know, and I, I, I made it, I made a dedication to not be that way, you know, and, and it's, it's a long road ahead, but we're making progress. We're, we're better than we were a week ago. I would say, I mean, we're, we're always making progress. Absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. God bless you. Moon boots. Um, now looking, looking forward, the, um, what I, what, what I really like about this show is, you know, the, we look at the past and it's murky, full of, you know, hard times. You look at the present and, and how the, the past has helped shape your present. Like you were saying, this is how my parents were, right? This is what they did. 
this is how they behaved in your present moment. You're like, okay, no, I'm not going to be like that. That is what I have learned from the past not to be like. But a, 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 a portion of the show, I want to be dedicated towards the future. I want, I want us mm-hmm. to look at the whole picture here. You know, your past, your present, and your future. Let me, let me ask, where do you see yourself in five years? What do you think is uh, different? What's going to be different about your picture in five years as it is to, to now? Um, well, we, we really want to be homeowners. We don't want to live in an apartment. Um, I, I think that's one thing that's kind of stifled us is being, being in here because we both are very creative people mm-hmm. and we would love to have a home and a yard that we can make our own. Sure. Um, other than that, I, I would, you know, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, I really want to continue my dream of being a content creator. If, if in five years I could quit my job and be a full-time content creator that would i don't even i don't even know what to say that would be awesome <laughs> like <laughs> yeah to be able to wake up every day and do stuff like this you know talk with people encourage people inspire people that that would be awesome it really would I mean, and, and if not then i'll just continue on doing what i'm doing for my my current work and just be the best i can there and i like my job what like, is your job uh, I'm a finished carpenter, so I work in construction. You make furniture, or what is cabinets? Uh, no, no, I don't make the cabinets. I'd be the guy installing the cabinets in a house, or installing doors, okay. run, running trim, installing staircases. You said finished uh, with a D at the end, finished, right? Yeah. Finished. I thought you. I thought you said like finish, like you know, the country. Like you finish. Yeah, like, like finish the race. Finish. No, like people from Finland. I thought it was no, like I'm, a style no, of saying, no what I'm saying is finish as in F I N I S H. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking F I N N I S H finish. Yeah. yeah. So some people think that I say carpeter or something like I lay carpet. Carpeter. I thought there was there was like this some carpenter. elegant style like finish <laughs> finish carpentry style that you were doing and something I mean, elegant. We I'd say what we do is pretty elegant. Everything that we do is what the homeowner sees. Sure. I mean, that's so we, we definitely strive for perfection. I would imagine uh, that's a that's a lot of pressure when you're in the shop, you know, by yourself making the cabinets. That's one thing. Actually taking it to the home, having people watch you as you install it. That's that's you got yeah, eye, you got eyeballs on you. Yeah, the homeowners aren't always there. But yeah, the, the times when a homeowner standing over you and watching what you're doing. Can yeah, be a little intimidating. I understand. I understand. Especially so uh, when you're new at the job, <laughs> how long you've been doing it? I'm going on six years. Okay, so you're not you're not new at it by any means. Six or seven. I mean, technically, I'd still be in in the apprentice stage, but yeah, I I kind of get the idea of what I'm doing. How long is the apprentice stage? I mean, I'm not official an apprentice. Like, I'm not part of any um, guild or what's the other word I'm looking for here? Oh, what's the word? Or a group. It's like a guild. I can't think of the word. I like the word guild. Let's just leave it at that. That's that's right, awesome. Guild. I'm like, yeah. So you you would be like, uh, an apprentice, a journeyman. I think there's one more, and then a master. Right now, I would be technically an apprentice, but I would be close to finishing an apprenticeship if I was technically part of that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, cool. I mean, that's that's. That's awesome. Is this what you plan on doing? Like, 
I know content creation is, is the goal, but is this what you plan on sticking with for, you know, until then? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I did a lot of woods classes in high school and I, I love working with my hands, man. I'm, that's I'm, I'm good at freaking jealous of that. My high school, we didn't have any like shop classes like that. No, like mechanic working on car classes, no wood shop classes, nothing like that. It was, I was sad. Actually, before this, I used to work in a lot of metal shops. So I did a lot of welding and, and stuff and pipe fitting. What about, is blacksmith still a thing? Yeah, it is actually. Is it? Um, okay, that's what I would want to do. There, there's some blacksmithing stuff um, companies around here. I want to make a sword. <laughs> you know, um, they can make a lot of money, but I don't think the demand is very high for stuff like that. <laughs> no, I know. That's just what I... Uh... Sad. That's what I would want to do. Yeah. So at the, it'd uh, be pretty cool to say that you're a blacksmith and you can make swords, though. I mean, if that doesn't get the ladies, what what would, right? Oh yeah. I, you know, that's it. <laughs> so at the, uh, I want to turn the attention. Uh, if you're listening to this in the in, in in your car, if you're listening to this podcast uh, in in your house, wherever you may be, uh, just like I said earlier, we are recording this live on stream twitch.tv slash Nathan Hunzi. If you would like to join our live stream community, be a part of the conversation here, uh, live. I want to, you know, turn the attention over to the, uh, to the viewers. Thank you so much for, for those of you who are here today. Um, if you have any right members, we're taking questions, right? That's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. perfect. So I'll turn it over to the, to the live stream. If they, uh, if you have any questions about his story. Um, feel free to ask while we're waiting for people to type the questions. One of the, one of the questions that I, I want to ask every guest here as we wrap up the show is what would be your parting advice for the listeners of this podcast? Oh boy. Um, don't give up. You know, life can be really, really hard. And, and you and me so far in this podcast are examples of that. And we didn't quit. We persevered and we kept going and we saw some kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And even at times, if we didn't, we still kept going because we wanted, we wanted to keep going. Sure. Life can be, life can be a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And just because your current moment isn't what you want it to be, just put in that work and it'll be where you want to be. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, find people you can open up to if you're feeling bad. You got to find someone to open up to. I think that's. I think that's absolutely huge. Um, you know, there may be listeners out there who aren't, you know, quote, ready to be married or they're still in, you know, in high school, or early college, whatever their life situation may be. Um, I can't speak enough on the the power of friendship. I know you mentioned it in your story, how, you know, your friends, the one that stuck by you, even though they knew your mom wasn't stable or they they might have some rough moments being your friend, they stuck by you. Um, and I, I, I can't speak highly enough about the power of friendship and how important that can be going through life. Right. That's, it's essential to me. Oh, absolutely. And, and having and going in through such a tough time has really made me open up my heart to other people and just try to be a friend to as many people as I can, because you don't know people's backstory. I try to, you know, treat everyone as kindly as I can until, you know, Obviously, if they're just being a total jerk, then I'll just I'll just walk away. Usually I'll just not even bother with with it. But, you know, I, I try to be as kind as I can to everyone. And, sure. and I try to you know do that in my streams, too. I try to involve as many people as I can in the streams, you know, get them into the conversations. Um, 
you know, just be a kind person. Everyone just needs to be kind to each other. Absolutely. I, uh, I agree. It, a simple smile can literally change a person's day. It, you know, it, it, it really can. Um, the last question I, I have for you before we, before we wrap up the show is where can our listeners find your social medias? How can they help support your, uh, your dream? Uh, well, if you want to find me on Twitch, it's going to be twitch.tv slash moonboots underscore duh. 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 Moonboots um, underscore and then, duh. And then if you want my Twitter, it's just going to be at moonboots underscore duh. So Twitch, Twitch and Twitter are your main two social media platforms. That's, yes. Okay. I don't really do much else. I mean, I do have a moto vlog, but I'm not really going to shout that out too, so much. Hey, go for it. What is it? Uh, Moon Man Moto. Moon Man Moto. I like and it. That's, that's Instagram. I'm starting Instagram. It's not going well. There are numerous spammers on Instagram. Beware. <laughs> yeah. It's a rough platform. Moon Boots, I can't thank you enough for your vulnerability, for your willingness to be the first guest on the Your Story, Your Voice podcast. I hope that... Uh, this helps our listeners out there feel like they're they're not alone even though you know their struggle and their story may be vastly different from yours it's still important to know that hey people struggle people struggle and, and have a rough life and tons of obstacles to overcome um, so if you're listening to this podcast I hope that you feel encouraged I hope that you feel supported and uh, know that you have a place where you can go uh, to listen to people really, really open up and take that courageous step to say, this is me. This is my story. This is, you know, who I am, how I came to be who I am. Moon Boots, I, I really, really appreciate your time tonight. I appreciate you having me. And I really, really like what you're doing with this podcast. And I really hope it takes off. Whether, it, you know, whether it takes off or not, we'll leave that up for the, uh, for the viewers to decide if we get a listening base. I still think the work is important, even if we have, uh, not as many viewers as we would listen to. I think I think it's important work. So we're going to stick with it and see you know, what the heck happens with it. All right. Moon Boots, I think this is uh, – doesn't look like there's any questions from, from the chat. And I, uh, I want to say thank you again. And this concludes Episode 2 of the Your Story, Your Voice podcast. You can find this podcast on the Anchor website or on Spotify if that is your preferred listening platform. My name is Nathan Hunzi. I am your host. Again, we are live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Nathan Hunzi. Every uh, Wednesday, there will be a new episode of the of the podcast. So if you're feeling uh, a little bit down in the middle of the week, hopefully this podcast episode will help you know boost you up, make you feel better, make you feel like you're not alone. I really appreciate all the listeners we have out there on the live stream and people. If you are listening to this podcast in your car, I encourage you to drive safe. Keep your eyes on the road. Don't text and drive. Don't drink and drive. And I hope you guys have a great rest of the day or evening, depending on where you are in the world. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you for Episode 3. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Your Story, Your Voice podcast. I would like to encourage you, if you would like to be on this podcast, if you would like to get your story out there in front of the listening audience, send me a message on Twitter or Instagram, on Twitch, and I would be happy to schedule you on, uh, to get you on the Your Story, Your Voice podcast. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope you have a great rest of the day.